Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now you found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world. With your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. everyone. Uh, welcome to Ask the Trucker Live, and tonight's show is Truck Driver Health Open Forum, The Reality of Involvement, and that's kind of mysterious there. Um, but anyway, thank you for joining us, everybody, on this fall evening, Saturday, October 3rd, 2015, um, as we have uh, our uh, Thursday evening truck driver show is now on Saturday, and that's just for tonight. Um, but we had to postpone last Thursday. So anyway, um, I'd like to, to thank my guest and co-host tonight, professional driver and health advocate Tom Kirk. And Tom, I can hear you rustling back there because I got your mic open. And uh, Tom's of Road Tested Living, and uh, and I just want to thank him for joining me tonight um, and adding his experience and his research for tonight's show. So thanks, Tom. Um, like I said, we had to postpone Thursday evening's health show, and that's last Thursday, and move it to tonight. And although Saturday evenings are usually Alan's night to discuss trucking issues other than health, he does all the issues other than health, um, we decided that tonight's open forum uh, focused on health actually fits into both of these categories, um, as one of the topics tonight will include the FMCSA public uh, meeting, which was held on September 21st and 22nd. And that was with the FMCSA's Motor Carrier uh, Safety Advisory Committee, known as MICSAC, uh, and the Medical uh, Review Board, MRB. And they discussed the wellness of the professional driver. Now, this meeting has brought very polar reactions uh, from the driving community, and uh, and we'll we'll get into it as the show progresses. Other topics tonight will be um, diet programs that drivers are confused about, overwhelmed with, and the relationship of salt intake to obesity. Is that a myth or a fact? And are, are there really any differences in salt? You know, you've got kosher and sea and Himalaya and this and that. So so really, you know, people are confused with that. Also cookware. Um, you know, is your cookware poisoning your food? We want to talk about that. And what about the infamous um, food and diet choices that people are getting overwhelmed with? Um, well, we're going to tell you easy steps of what you can do and what you shouldn't do. And we'll try to break it down into real easy stuff because it does get overwhelming. Um, now, of course, this is an open forum, 
So if you have any questions or comments regarding health on um, while driving on your truck, please call in uh, 347-826-9170. And then click one on your keypad, which notifies us if you want to be part of the show. If not, you can just dial in and listen. And, and I'm saying this for all our uh, people listening on the Internet, because um, not everyone does call in to listen. So if you do want to be a part of the show, it's 347-826-9170, and then click 1 on your keypad. So let's just take a short break and hear from one of our um, very many trusted sponsors, and we'll be right back to open up the conversation. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to the show, everyone. And we are discussing truck driver health in our open forum. Uh, but before we go on, I want to introduce my co-host and guest tonight, Tom Kirk. Tom, are you there? Yes, I am, Donna. Thank you very much for having me tonight. Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, it's no secret Tom and I discuss health issues all the time, you know, on on our own uh, private time. It, it seems to always get in that area i think we're both very concerned and he does a lot of research um and i learn a lot from him and and i just really appreciate um you know everything you offer to the shows and to the community on your on your website and uh his website is roadtestedliving.com so uh tom where did where are we starting tonight i was thinking about starting with I mean, I know everybody wants to hear about this. Hey, Donna, FNCSA. move your microphone. Okay. Uh, let me it, see. It slipped all of a sudden. I can barely hear you. Okay. Is this better? Yeah, I can hear you now. Oh, okay. Great. Thank you. Um, uh, we have a few topics tonight. 
that we're going to open with. But just to let everyone know, you know, if you have a topic you want to talk about, just call in because that's the whole idea of the open forum. We kind of start things rolling with different topics, but um, it's it's open for for all kinds of health issues. If you have a challenge or a question or just anything um, related to truck driving and health. So, Tom, let's start with, um, well, we could start with, I guess, the salt thing uh, that, you know, it's it's becoming an issue and, you know, with all the different salts, what's the difference? Does it matter? Is one bad for you? What's better? And then this new, I saw a link the other day that was linking obesity to salt and i have to be honest with you i mean you and i discussed this amongst ourselves and i don't think the the data really supports that at all but anyway um you want to start it off with the salt where where should we start first the different kinds of salts or because i I, I, I think i think that's maybe a good place to start is the different kinds of salt because you know, you walk into any grocery store today and you walk through the aisle. In the old days, it used to be really easy. You basically had, you know, your kosher salt and you had your margin table salt. Pick one. Uh, and then as cooking and, and gourmet cooking got more prevalent, you started getting your sea salts and your uh, Himalayan pink salt and your Kona black and all these other fancier salts. And... You also had the introduction of these different sodium diets, you know, higher sodium, low sodium, and, you know, uh, salt substitutes like Accent, which is monosodium glutamate, and all this other stuff that got brought in. And people started really getting confused as to what kind, what is salt and what isn't. Table salt is sodium fluoride. There's other kinds of salts out there. There's calcium fluoride, potassium fluoride, magnesium fluoride, which is Epsom salt. Uh, some of them are safe for consumption. Some of them aren't. You know, magnesium fluoride, Epsom salt, that's something you can t- drink a little bit of if you're constipated, but it will de- definitely get you moving again. Uh, well, but a Tom, lot of these... Tom, yes. Tom just, to, just to interject for a second... Uh, table salt is sodium chloride, but um, so is so is kosher salt and sea salt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. And, I just and, I don't. All right, just to make that clear. to get to is basically all the salt that we use is sodium chloride, which right. is you know half. You know, it seems like almost half an aisle at the grocery store, and you know what it comes down to is what's the difference between these. To keep it really simple. Table salt has been refined. It's had all of its mineral impurities, uh, whether it comes from the sea, which, you know, sea salt, or whether it comes from the ground rock salt. Uh, it has all of its impurities refined because of a problem many years ago called goiter. They started adding iodine to the salt called prevent goiter. So that's how you get your iodized table salt. Uh, but it basically has all of its mineral or, for lack of a better term, flavor stripped from it. Kosher salt is essentially table salt. It's just a coarser or thicker grain, and it is uh, prepared to basically the kosher standards. Uh, but, but as far as table salt goes, for practical purposes, for our conversation, it, it's the same basic thing. Where the real difference starts coming in is when you get to your sea salt and your rock salt. These are natural salts. 
that are either evaporated from seawater or taken from underground deposits, and they have their natural minerals still in them. They're very minimally processed. Uh, but the advantage of this over table salt is it has the natural minerals or trace elements in there. So, for example, as drivers, if you don't take a vitamin supplement, you don't have a balanced diet, small amounts of this salt may help give you certain nutrients that you may be missing in your diet. Now, keep in mind, I'm not a registered dietitian. You know, I, I'm nothing like this. This is just generalized research. But, you know, but once again, you're not supposed to do excessive salt. Also, from my time in the restaurant kitchens, one of the things I have learned is if you ever go and taste salt, whether it's regular table salt or sea salt or rock salt, the sea salt and the rock salt taste a little saltier. It's not because it has more sodium or anything that makes it, quote, unquote, saltier. It's that the extra minerals in it give it more flavor, which makes your palate or your taste think it's saltier. So that's why you'll hear some people refer to as sea salt as being a saltier salt. Uh, it's not really saltier. It's just that you don't need to use as much of it. So when you hear people saying, oh, use sea salt, it's lower in sodium. It's not lower in sodium, but you don't need to use as much as you would, let's say, table salt or kosher salt to flavor a dish. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, we were talking earlier about this article, and it was discussing the correlation possible, and it did say possible correlation between um, – salt intake, and obesity. And I read the article, and after, after I read it, I just felt like the way the, um, the, data, the data was uh, taken, it, it really, to me, didn't correlate that because it didn't take into consideration the types of foods people were eating. And it, it, everyone knows that processed foods have an enormous amount of uh, of salt. So, you know, and we also know that processed foods, uh, be, because of, of their processing, increases obesity among many things, in, including the, the suggestion linking it to um, many diseases. Uh, so, you know, we don't, if you don't know what people are eating, I mean, if they're all eating say 1,500 or 2,000 calories, but one person's eating 2,000 calories of uh, processed food and the other one's eating 2,000 calories of um, whole food, whole meaning one ingredient foods like a fruit or a vegetable or a meat or anything that just has one ingredient, and then add salt to their dinner, um, I you know, I just wasn't convinced that obesity is related to only salt intake without taking into consideration all the other variables involved. That would have to be really a, a study, you know, of controlled groups and controlled variables. Do you, you agree? I mean, we spoke about I, it earlier. I, I have not seen or had a chance to read the study or look at the study, but from what you've, you've told me, it's one of these scientific studies that is looking for a problem to throw research money at. And what I mean by that is 
somebody got the brilliant idea of, oh, look at all this salty food. People are getting fat. Let's see if there's a correlation. And, it's, and we've all heard this whole saying, statistics don't lie. People lie with statistics. Mm-hmm. I, I can take a bunch of information, and actually I can take a, the same data, the same data points that Donna just gave and prove something totally different with it about salt. Right. Because it's looking at it from a, a different perspective. If you look at our relatives or our ancestors going back to the early 1900s, the 1800s, and, and further back, they had incredibly high-sodium diets because a lot of the food that was preserved, think salt cod, the salted meats, all this other stuff, you know, you hear stories about how they'd have to rinse the, the fish two or three times before it even became edible. It had that much salt in it. Um, and I've bought yet, stuff like that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is these people were not the size of the Goodyear blimp. So, and there's even some new research out there, uh, and this is coming from Dr. Michael Royce of the Cleveland Clinic, uh, that indicates that we actually may need a little more sodium in our diet than some of the di- guidelines have been calling for, and that because it doesn't really affect blood pressure or heart disease in the way they have thought in the past, that only people who have sodium-sensitive uh, blood pressure, and there's a couple simple tests that can be done to show, you, show that, really only they have to be extremely concerned about their salt intake. Everybody else may need actually slightly more. The jury's still out on, on what it is. So before you go and think this means, oh, hey, I can go and open up a salt shaker and pour it all over my plate, well, number one, that's not what it means. Number two, check with your doctor first and bring up some of this research to them because they may not be aware of it because you know, doctors are like us. There's tons of information out there, and they do their best to okay, stay up to date, but sometimes some of these studies may slip past them until somebody mentions one. But... Do your own research, talk with your doctor before you go and make any major changes like this because you may be one of those people where this may not be the right change for you. But, you know, my rule of thumb is I don't put keep salt on the table. I use just a little bit of salt when I'm cooking and only as needed for flavor. A lot of food already has quite a bit of sodium in it. So, I, you know, uh, growing up as a kid, you probably remember this, Donna. You know, my parents loved watermelon and cucumber with salt sprinkled all over it. And at a certain point, I decided, you know what, I don't want, want to eat it like this. I was maybe about 10, 12 at the time. It took me a while to get used to not eating it. But now vegetables like corn or, or watermelon or things like that that a lot of other people put salt on, I go and try a little salt on it, I'm like, oh, how can you eat it like this? I, I just find I like the natural flavor better. Right. But it did take right. me a while to get accustomed to it. Well, that article did say within the article, a high-nutrient diet of natural foods provides a healthy amount of sodium. Processed foods, and here's where it mentions it, fast foods and restaurant foods provide the vast majority of Americans' dietary sodium and should be minimized. So there you go. They pretty much kind of said what we were saying, that that's where you're getting most of your sodium is in the processed foods, fast foods. So really the correlation, which it's already been confirmed, 
that processed foods and fat, fast foods um, it do increase uh, your your weight, and that's why they say there's a, an obesity problem in the United States. And uh, so that's what I would stick more to. I'd wait for more research to really say, you know, about the sodium uh, leading to obesity. I think it's more what the food that the sodium is in is leading to the obesity. But that's just me. That's my opinion. And um, well, and that's it. And the simple way to look at it is when you have processed food, it's refined. The more refined it is, the less work your body has to do to break it down. And when your body has to work or break, when you were talking about whole foods, I would explain it another way. Whole foods is as close as you can get to nature. You know, when you think of whole grain bread, you know, you're going to see bits and pieces of the grain in there. You know, when you have a really good whole grain bread, and it's going to be very dense, it's going to be heavy. And, you know, if you have a piece of store-bought, quote-unquote, whole-grain bread, you can eat half a loaf and feel like you're barely full. Where if you go and eat a real, true, whole-grain bread, you know, one, maybe two pieces, I'm not talking big pieces, you know, and you feel like you're stuffed because there's so much fiber and, and other nutrients and it makes you feel full faster. And your body also has to work for it to break it down into energy. So the simple way to look at it is the less processed it is, the more work your body has to do. So this is kind of a, a bad explanation, but it works. Think of it as your body's exercising to break down your food. So you burn a few extra calories just by eating. Yeah, really. Well, you know, um, like for those, I see a lot of people coming up on the switchboard who might have missed the intro. Uh, right now we're discussing salt and the um, link or possible link or suggestion. It, it was it wasn't a really confirmed article to obesity, and we were just discussing that that we feel it's more the food ingredients that the salt is in, and not so much the salt itself that's leading to obesity. So that was the um, first discussion. Um, for those who just came on board, um, if you do want to come. Uh, come into the conversation, just click one on your keypad so we know uh, that you want to uh, make a comment. And the other topics that we're starting off with, but not limited to, you know, if you have another topic you want to join in with, please, by all means. But we are going to get into um, the driver fed diets, what not to eat, and the overwhelming uh uh, situations they're in with all the information overload that's going on. We're also going to talk about cookware and some of the better cookware uh, and some of the ones that are actually toxic to you. And finally, the the big topic that seems to be um, getting people all uh, upset is the FMCSA's wellness program that uh, they had a meeting on the 21st and 22nd with um, McSack and the Medical Review Board to discuss driver wellness. And the question is, you know, is it really something they want to do to, um, you know, be on board with driver health and encourage them, or is this leading to something else? So, um, anyway, we'll talk. We'll talk more about that when we come up. I think. Um, I think since we're on the the topic of uh salt and food drivers now are are really taking the initiative to eat healthier and my hat is off to everyone who drives 
and trying to do this because, I mean, we just go on road trips and it's hard to eat healthy. I can imagine in the truck, although in the truck you do have the advantage to someone just on a road trip where you can cook in your truck and have a refrigerator and and purchase items, healthy items that will help you. So so there is an advantage there. But still it it takes, you know, it takes discipline, it it takes um drive, it takes encouragement, and that's why there's all these Facebook groups and social other social media groups popping up uh to help encourage one another to eat healthier. And um it it's really a great thing to see. So anyway, Let's talk about fad diets, you know, what not to eat, and the overwhelming decisions to make. What about these drinks that you can prepare? Um, are You know, are they real? Do they really help you? Um, if I had to say, if I was out there and, and, and I had to make the one choice myself of what, I was going to do the very first thing I was going to do to become healthier. And and I did this myself. So um, it would be to eliminate processed foods or at least lower them to a minimal. Um, and, and, and you ask, okay, what is a processed food and what do we replace it with? Processed foods is anything in a package that has more than one ingredient. It usually has, like we said, a lot of salt, a lot of chemicals, a lot of things you you can't read on the ingredients. It has a big stack of ingredients. That is a processed food. The nutrient in it is practically nil, and its sole purpose is to, A, make you full, and, B, make you addicted to the food to want more. And that's that's pretty much it. Uh, What do you replace it with? Whole food. A whole food is a one-item food. It can be a fruit. It can be a vegetable. Uh, it can be a meat. It can be a fish. It, it, it's anything with one ingredient. It's it's a pure food. So um, now, we, Tom, you're you're on the road, okay? <clears throat> and uh, and you hear a lot of things because of your website and the different groups you're involved in, and you speak to a lot of drivers. What what is their um, concern about? First of all, let's talk. Let's start with the 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 supplements. A lot of people, you know, they don't want to mess with food and cooking and this and that, or else they don't want to do it all the time, and yet they want to be healthy. So they're starting with supplement, like drink supplements, um, uh, things that they can put in their blender because the blender is a bit is a great deal too i mean you can put all your fruits and vegetables in like a ninja or a vitamix or one of the other you know hundreds of different uh things out there and you can you can have a very nutrient filled uh i guess dinner or lunch i mean i eat them for dinner and lunch so you know uh, i love it however there are other things with um that people are purchasing because they have high protein and, you know, all the vitamins and everything. Um, what are you hearing about things like that from drivers? That's kind of a load of conversation, and it's one that could easily take a whole show. Uh, the first thing I'm just going to do is actually uh, plug protestedliving.com. If you go to Voices from the Road, there is a segment on there 
uh, that covers supplements and what is a supplement with the Kroger registered dietitians, uh, Allison Coombe and Molly McBride. Uh, we go over what some of a supplement is and kind of try and help identify what is a good supplement and, and how you choose one. So I'll just kind of hit the highlights, but a supplement is anything that you take that adds value to your diet. It's the simplest definition. It could be anything from a multivitamin to a, a protein or meal replacement drink or shake. Um, you know, most drivers, you know, most dietitians that you talk to uh, don't recommend supplements because they figure if you eat a balanced diet, you, you should get enough. However, after talking a lot with both Molly and Allison, they've come to realize that drivers don't get a balanced diet and a good multivitamin is really a good place to start. Uh, don't get the cheap store brand ones or the, the really generic A to zinc type ones because they really are not absorbed well by your body. There's a bunch of different brands that are out there. Uh, one of the ones that I personally use Bob Perry from Rolling Strong has worked with a couple major companies to formulate one more truck driver needs. That's a good one. Uh, the, oh, I, I, there's a couple other companies out there that make very good, reputable supplements whose names I can't think of right now. Uh, and hopefully I'll come back to me in a second. I had them and they totally went, my mind went blank on them. Uh, but there are a bunch of very reputable brands out there that are easily absorbed by the body, and, and usually a multivitamin, unless you've got specific nutritional deficiencies, it's more than adequate. As far as supplements go, or, or as the meal replacement shakes goes, there's a variety out there. You know, everything from Ensure or Boost-type shakes, all up to the really expensive ones, uh, like Shakeology and some of the other brands. Uh, really what it comes down to in my personal opinion, look for simplicity. Look for the ones that have minimal ingredients, minimal added sugars. Uh, if it's sweetened by stevia, that's probably one of the better options. Uh, if it's got six or seven or eight kinds of sugars in there, that's probably more than you really need. It should only really need, if they're using good quality ingredients with lots of flavor, you should only need one or two kinds of sugars. Uh, and it really depends on what you're looking for. Are you looking for a supplement that has extra vitamins in it? If so, Bob Perry from Rolling Strong, they've got some that are formulated like that. Uh, one or two of the Kroger store brand ones are also formulated to have some extra vitamins added in it. You may find them a little gritty because of the vitamins, and so not everybody will care for it. If you find you don't like the supplements or the protein powders with vitamins, there's some very good ones out there that don't have extra vitamins but will still give you the nutrition. You know, for me, if I'm going to use a shake, I typically have it for breakfast because most mornings by the time I get up, I don't really have time to mess around with making oatmeal or eggs or something like that. I like to start my day off with some protein. So I'll grab maybe a shake and an apple or a shake and a banana and that's my breakfast. Um, but let me, or, let me just say something, um, Tom. Sure. You know, even even with, like, I know you mentioned, well, if it has too much sugar in it or, or this and that, and these are choices people make when they buy these things. But I look at it this way. If it's a choice between having a, a drink 
or a cup of coffee and a couple of donuts. I think I'd rather go with the drink, even if it has too much sugar or something like that. that That's I think what I yeah. disagree with you a little bit, because if you look at some of these, because of the level of sugar that's in them, it's probably the same caloric value as eating a donut, and it probably, in all honesty, isn't that much better for you. Uh, but it's not; it doesn't have all that trans fat, which is uh, another ingredient you have to, to stay away from. Well, I, I mean, I mean well, most donuts now have, have moved away from trans fats. Uh, well, but, I, that's I mean, another, you that's that, another thing. You get into that whole argument or debate of which is better. And that's yes. why I'm saying, is it probably better? Yes. But the thing is, is it's also in a lot of cases, I think, more expensive when you buy the junk because you're not going to feel as satisfying. Uh, so right. get a little higher quality one. It may or may not cost more uh, because the other thing is Don and I have been debating which protein shakes are the best for probably about four months now or, or longer. She'll find one that she likes and, I'll go through it, and I'll point out the flaws in it that I see, and then I'll find one I like, and she'll do the same thing with me. So, so keep in mind this. There's no perfect shake, and I have not found a perfect shake out there yet. Um, you know, I, I, there's certain things I like about certain brands. There's other things I like better about other brands. And it just really comes down to you find what you like. And, you know, but, but you know, some of these shakes uh, – if you go into a national store that carries a large variety, like a GNC, and read the back of some of these, it's almost like reading the ingredient label on a pack of donuts. When you look at all the chemicals and the additives and the preservatives, that's why I'm saying I'm not sure where some of these shakes are necessarily much better than a donut. Uh, it probably is, but because it's got more, definitely has more protein in it. But at the end of the day, is it really the best thing for you? No. And that's where if you find brands that just are simple, you know, half dozen to a dozen ingredients, and if you don't know what the ingredients are, uh, reach out to a dietitian nutritionist. You know, Kroger, and I'll look up the phone numbers you can put in the show notes. Uh, you can call their 800 number and ask to speak directly to either Molly or Allison, their dietitians. They'll be more than happy to answer some of these questions and help you figure out what's right for you because that's the other thing is if you're diabetic or pre-diabetic, you're going to have maybe a slightly different requirement in a protein shake than somebody else. Are you extremely athletic and you do a lot of exercise? You may need a higher calorie shake. So these rules of thumb I'm giving are what I find works for me, but depending on your personal needs, you might need something a little bit different. And that's really where talking to a dietitian or your doctor to point you in the right direction is a good start. Okay, and here one more thing I want to get into. People get into these fads of um, high, high protein, low, low carbohydrate, um, uh, or, you know, fats and protein, kind of like the old Atkins used to be where they would just let you eat all the protein and fat you wanted and no carbohydrate. And, you know, I, I personally, I just want to tell people that anything in excess of one over the other, I feel is not healthy in the long term. I think people could probably do it as a kickstart maybe for a couple of weeks. 
But in the long term, um, I personally think the healthiest diet is um, high uh, vegetables and uh, and fruit. Not to say to you know load up on sugary fruits either, but uh, to have. Uh, I don't eat any red meat, but that's not to say you can't. I only I have personal reasons I don't like to eat it. Um, you know, besides the fact that they're loaded with hormones and and all kinds of things. But um, you know, fish, chicken, um, lots of vegetables, as many vegetables as you want, um, excluding like things like corn uh, and and starchy things. Uh, sweet potatoes are great for you. And, you know, just anything in excess of one category over the other just seems not to make sense because your body isn't meant for that. It's meant to take in, you know, a lot of um, different different things that, that help it to, you know, metabolize and, and to go on. Uh, healthier in your in your life. So I just that's just what I want to say. Fad diets to me just just are that they're just fads, and if they are going to be used, not more than a couple of weeks. If you need to do something, you know, quick. Um, but as as before, we get into the FMCSA uh, controversy. Well, actually, other, if I can throw a couple quick comments sure, on, on the sales of that, Donna. Uh, sure. Fad diet, if you look at a lot of people, the key word in diet, in my opinion, is the word die, because most people, long-term, hang on here a minute, I'm dealing with a bit of an emergency. Mm -hmm. Uh, For all those listening right now, um, I'm looking here, we've got a bunch more people that just jumped on. If you want to come into the conversation, uh, click 1 on your keypad, and that alerts us that you want to either make a comment or you have a totally different question or you just want to get in on this conversation. Um, okay, a couple of people. I have a couple of hands up so far. So and and, and, and I'm back, Donna. A quick traffic update. If anybody's dri- tri- driving I-95 northbound for Connecticut, there was just a fender bender accident, and you may have heard all kinds of sirens in the background. That was the police showing up on the scene. Uh, and oh, cutting okay. everybody off to get to it. So if you're near exit 33 in Connecticut, uh, there's going to be a traffic slow up there just before that. Okay. Well, uh, we just uh, hope that everybody's okay over there. Um, yeah, it, it, it looked like it was that. a minor fender bender, but it, it was just one of those cases where it, it looked like everybody with lights and sirens wanted to show up. So. Okay. Uh, well, but, you were going to say something, Senate, and then I've got a couple of callers that have their hands up. Yeah. As far as diets go, and I, I prefer lifestyle change. Because to me, if you change yeah. your lifestyle, it's more sustainable. Most of these diets, absolutely, very, absolutely. very few people can do them for long term. So what I usually right. ask somebody is when they're looking to lose weight, look at all the different diet programs that are out there. And when I'm using diet as, as a noun or nutritional program, would be a better way to put it. And say, okay, can I, do I think I can do this for five to ten years or longer? If the answer is yes, then it's probably going to work for you. Um, Some of these diets, uh, like the ketogenic one, which is becoming popular among some, some, this is my personal opinion, it's more intended for people who are incredibly physically active and burn a lot of calories 
you know, people that uh, have very active work lifestyles, you know, professional athletes, things of that nature, it's probably the best for them. There may be other cases where that may be actually a very good diet for a driver, but I personally would not go into that diet without talking to a doctor and a dietitian first to make sure you understand how to do it properly because some of these diets, if you don't know how to properly manage it, manage it can cause problems. You know, a vegan diet can be relatively healthy if it's done properly, but if you do it properly, it can cause problems. Uh, right. So it, it's okay. one of these things is if you're not sure, there's a lot of people out there who are good for resources on this in the trucking industry and are more than happy to work work with you. Uh, so, so those are some things to think about. But, but that's really okay. the basics is pick something that you know you can do long term. You're going to have the best success. Uh, it, it, several doctors have suggested to me what's called the DASH diet, which is one of the most studied and more successful diet programs out there. And it's basically one of, like, like what you and I said, Donna, it's eating from all the food groups, it's moderation, and, you know, it, it, it basically does have a proven track record. Just the biggest thing is we as individuals, not just drivers, have to watch what we put in our mouth, make sure we're eating a good balance of foods and watching the portion size, which means... No, you should not sit down and eat the 72-ounce big big Texan steak all in one sitting with the, you know, several pounds right. of sides, you know. Right, it, right. It, yeah, no, that's absolutely. a balanced meal, but it's not a proportion. Okay. Uh, I totally, totally agree with you on that. And, it, it, you know, a lot of it is just common sense. And um, I, I'll, before I pick up area code 417, um, I just want to say this, and I said it before. And it's being written about more and more on the Internet in many of your health uh, journals. And foods are created to be addictive, and especially the processed foods. They're, they're made to make you want more and more. They have low nutrient value. And obese pe- people are usually malnourished because of all the processed food. So, um, I'll just leave it with that for now. We can get back to it. But I want to I want to open up uh, area area code four one seven. Who do we have on the line? Hi Donna. Hi Tom. It's Ron Morton. I'm here in Missouri. Hi Ron. How are you? Uh, just wonderful. Enjoying a nice cool day. So are you enjoying kind of the show? To what? Oh, of course. <laughs> well, use the word there that really bothers me. That's common sense. It seems like we're running out of common sense in America for some reason. But and you know, I know, I Ron, I, about, I I got to meet you at Gats, and you're pretty. Yes, you're I know. Pretty, I was happy to see you, and um, you you're pretty tall and thin, but you weren't always like that. No, I wasn't, and you know, a hundred years ago when I was a little girl. We had our meals at the table. You ate your meal, the food was put away, and there wasn't all this snacking and fast food and junk food and 14 snacks after supper. Right. I think as a society, we've kind of adopted a different lifestyle or something, maybe convenience or maybe laziness. I don't know. I try to tell drivers one of the biggest mistakes they make is to sit there and eat in the seat. Those brakes are released. 
you don't need to be putting it in your mouth because you'll sit there and eat a bag of potato chips and eat a great drink, a big bottle of soda pop, and I'll eat you a meal, eat a healthy meal, a reasonably portioned meal. Make some small changes in your life. It'll make a big difference. And, and that, and you know what? That's why I said in the beginning, if you had to do one thing, just one thing, remove processed foods, that would take away those potato chips right then and there, right? You got it. And I see it. Well, I was so guilty of it because I'd sit there going down the road and I was constantly shoving something in my mouth. And it gets where you don't even think about it. You just keep reaching and getting something else and something else and something else. And it's so unhealthy, and the pounds just pile on whether we realize it or not. Well, how much weight did you lose? Because you're pretty thin right now. I mean, when I met you, you... Oh, a little over 159 pounds, I think, to be exact. Oh, my God. That but, is so awesome. That but, is you know, it's made such a difference in my life. And there's no get-out-of-jail-free card. This is something that you've got to work at for a lifetime to be healthy. It doesn't happen overnight. You're not gonna, you didn't get fat overnight. You're not going to get skinny. And you're not going to get healthy overnight. Now, do you encourage drivers? Do you have a website that encourages drivers? I don't have a website. I've been trying to get one up. I do have a blog that's on your resource page. I talked to Mr. Tom quite a bit. Boy, (laughs) he's always on me. Love him. But uh, there's just so many little things that we can do as drivers make such big differences. And there's no one path to do it. You need to find something that you can stick with, that you can live with, and just figure out what the bad choices you're making are and try to eliminate them a little bit at a time. Now, can you share your, your blog with everyone? Yeah. My blog is ronwendymorton.com. Blogspot.com. You know, okay, I, and I'm looking. I'm looking at the. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, I was to the point where I was about out of options. I chose bariatric surgery, which was a blessing for me. It saved my life in a lot of ways. But it's not for everyone, and I don't encourage one way or another to get healthy. I just want people don't give up. Keep there's help, there's resources, there's people that'll talk to you, help you. And for me, also finding out foods that trigger me to eat, and sugar was one of my big triggers. If I, you know, I could eat a candy bar or something, even fruit. To this day, I don't eat much fruit, even though it's a natural sugar. Sugar, for whatever reason, sets me off. I want more. I want more and more to eat. For some people, it's white carbs and other things. But people need to be aware of what they're doing, and it'll make tremendous changes in their lives. Just pay attention. Right, That's all I right. have. I just want to encourage everyone to keep trying. Let's get healthy. Keep encouraging other drivers. And, and our, chi- our children see what we do. We're, we're a nation of very unhealthy people anymore. Obesity is an epidemic and pediatricians are screening, you know, second graders for fatty liver disease. Our kids right. see what we're doing. 
if we get healthy, maybe we can encourage them to live a healthier lifestyle. That's well, all I've well, got I, for you. I, I enjoy listening to you all. And well, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. Yeah, we sure appreciate it. I was, I'm on the resource page now, and what, what Ron was referring to was the Trucking Social Media resource page. And, Ron, I, I kind of remember putting your website up there, and yet I can't find it on the resource it, it page. Was a, it's just a blog, Donna. I don't oh, have there it is. Ron, Ron Wendy Morton. It's under the category of websites and blogs on yes, trucking social media resource page. And, by the way, for everybody who's listening, if you have a blog, a website, a Facebook group, anything that edifies the trucking community. This is a free uh, resource page. Send us what you have. We'll we'll put your website up there, and uh, and in this way, because what we're trying to have this be is a hub of information for the professional driver. So just go to truckingsocialmedia.com and click on mm-hmm. resources, and you'll see all the different websites. And, yes, I do see you up there now, Ron. Yeah, Tom, he's been encouraging me to get off my butt and get a website done, but you know, well, some, of us, slow to get, <laughs> some of us are slow to get a lot of things done. But And drivers no, that, encourage that, your companies to get active and to help drivers. And there's a lot of companies that don't seem to get too concerned right yet about helping drivers, but... That needs to change. It does. Uh, so, I, I can jump in real quick. There's a few drivers that inspire me, and Ron is one of them because getting to know Ron over the last six months or so, some of the challenges and the adversity he's overcome over the last several years in the last six months alone, uh, he really is – encourages me and reminds me that no matter, you know, how bad I get or if I, you know, backslide a little bit and put on some pounds, that, no, I can overcome the problem and do it. And and there's a couple other drivers out there who do that as well. Uh, Jeff Clark from Trucking Runners, uh, Mike Adams of Trucking Fitness, uh, both are Facebook groups. But, But there's a bunch of drivers out there. And one of the things that I encourage everybody is, Find a team of drivers or friends that you can motivate each other with. Uh, you know, I've got days where, you know, I've had a long day. I'm tired. I'm maybe not in the best mindset to say, hey, what should I eat tonight? So, you know, I, I'll sometimes call a friend of mine and goes, okay, I'm tired. I've had a long day. Should I have the salad or the pasta? And, you know, you know, when, when, when they're on the same page that I am, they're going to go, no, you need the salad. You may want the pasta, but you need that salad. And it's just that little thing that reminds me that, hey, you know what, it gives me that little bit of encouragement. Yeah, in my head I know what I need, but, you know, my tiredness, my laziness, my emotions is making me want something else. And just having that little encouragement saying, hey, you can do it. Stick to what you know is the right thing to do. You'll be fine. You know, that is a huge motivation and a help. And Ron has been that for me, uh, along with some other people. So that's the one encouragement I have for drivers. Put together a support network. Um, you will be surprised how much that can help you. Well, that's why I brought up the resource page, Tom, because there's so many resources and in groups of encouragement that you can join on that page. 
uh, truckingsocialmedia.com. Click on resources. If if you can't find a group on that page or a blog or a website or something for encouragement, then um, I don't know what. And also, if you know of one and you don't see it on there, you need to let us know because we want it up there. That's a that's a page for the, for for everyone. It's free. And and it, you know it, it's just good for the industry to to have everything together. So I appreciate your well, comment. I'm going to oh oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Tom, Tom Tom needs to quit telling them stories. It's not for encouragement. We just talk to each other at three or four o'clock in the morning for aggravation and to stay away. <laughs> yeah, well I I've been known to have a few of those two three in the morning phone calls myself. So <laughs> I know all about work, it. Keep up the good work, Okay. I'm going to open up, up area work. code. I'm going to open up. Um, Ron, I'm going to leave your mic open. I'm going to open up no, area that's, code. No, that's fine. I'll just listen off the air. I'll go back on the okay. computer now. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Ron. Thanks, Ron. Yes, ma'am. Okay, area code 210. Who do we have here? Yeah, this is Jeff. How you doing? Hey, Jeff. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. Just uh, lying down here a few days, getting ready to go home and uh, take some vacation time. I've been out since last part of July, so I'm feeling pretty well beat to hell, but I'm ready for a break. It's good for the time, but, man, I'm tired. Oh, I know how you feel. I bet you there's a lot of people listening that know how you feel, too. And, by the way, I appreciate um, – I wish you could see this switchboard tonight. It's It's totally full. And I'm so happy. I appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. And uh, if you missed, I know a lot of you uh, came in, you know, later. I I see you all up there now. But if you missed the uh, beginning of the show, you can always listen to the replay. We'll post the replay. All the shows have replays. So you can always listen to a past show or anything. Um, And one more thing to everybody who just came on, just if you want to be a part of the show, just click one on your keypad. Um, I see everybody with their hands up here, so we'll try to get to everybody tonight. But, so, Jeff, um, how are you going to add to this show? I know you're big into health. You're you're on the the resource page uh, with your groups. So, um, tell us. Okay, I'm waiting. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Are you there now? Yeah, I was just waiting for you to get done with whatever you were doing on your end. Oh, no, I was just telling everybody about, you know, the the people on the resource page, and I know you're on there, too, with your groups also. So exactly. tell me, what are you doing now for, for health, and um, how would you like to add to all this? Uh, mostly what I do revolves around diet and exercise. And, of course, as a lot of people know, I've been a diabetic throughout my entire life due to far due to the fact that I'm a Native American by descent. And uh, mostly, I mean, I've cut out a lot of uh, things I shouldn't be eating anymore, so uh, that's been a big help. I usually make uh, two fruit smoothies a day in my KitchenAid blender that I've got in my truck, and then uh, during the day I'll stop and have, uh, like, barbecue or uh, maybe a hamburger with no bun. You'll do it in a low-carb style. I do, uh, unlike a lot of people, I do eat a lot of red meat, so that's something I get into, but I do try to look for... uh, red meat that hasn't been overly processed or anything. So uh, between that and also organic fruit, I do what I can to, you know, try to stay healthy on that level. And so so far that's uh, worked well for me. And uh, 
as of right now, I'm within about 15 pounds of my goal weight that I've been trying to shoot for. And, uh, you know, I feel a lot better now than I have in a long time. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's a long-term commitment. It's not going to happen overnight like Ron was mentioning. It's not going to happen overnight. I mean, I a lot of times I might just be walking around the truck stop just minding my own business. I'll have people come up to me and ask me what I do to stay in shape on the road. And when I tell them what I do, a lot of times it's uh, – they're pretty intrigued by it, and then other times they're like, oh, that sounds just like work. I'm like, well, and like I would tell anybody, there's no magic bill for health out here. And, of course, um, anything, anything is going to take work. But, I mean, when you see the results, that alone is the biggest motivator. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, Tom brought it up earlier that it is a lifestyle change. And once you get used to eating good food, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I'm not saying you're never going to want to eat something, you know, that big piece of pie or that, you know, big big dish of uh, pasta. That's, you know, I'm not saying that. But your body is going to crave, at least mine does, my body craves good food. I don't think I could live on, on just, you know, processed food. I, I, I mean, I've literally craved, like, fish or something, you know, like a protein. And and I have to I have to either go to the store and get it or, or if I don't have it in the fridge and, and make it because I, I really crave yeah, it. Exactly. Now you, you you said something I wanna you said that I drink a lot of fruit smoothies. Now do you put vegetables in your smoothies? Yeah, I used to put uh, kale and spinach uh, and a few other things in there. It just depends on uh, what I'm in the mood for. I mean I personally can't stand the taste of greens, but I know I need them, so usually I'll mix them up with uh pineapple, which will actually have to taste a bit so I can actually tolerate it. But, I mean... Uh, well, I'll tell you, course, I don't taste it. I put a ton of What's all that noise in the background? Who's, uh, who's phone is that? Because I'm hearing on mine big time. That Hold may on, be me, because I'm driving down the road and there's nothing I can do about it, unfortunately. Okay. okay. Well, I'm driving down the road, too, but uh, okay. <laughs> but, but anyway, I don't taste... Um, I put a ton of greens in mine and i tell you once i get the the i buy the bags of frozen uh fruit and i put that and and fresh pineapple and and organic grapes organic grapes seems to hide the 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 taste of everything that seems to overwhelm it well one thing about um, the organic organic foods and stuff i mean i need to bring up is i mean it can be a bit harder to find that stuff out here on the road i mean a lot of times you go into a uh Walmart, depending on where you're at, you may or may not be able to get it. And of course, uh, not every grocery store parking lot is going to be big enough for welcoming of a uh, truck parking on their uh, main parking lot out front. So, I mean, it's, there's times I have to uh, either walk or I'll ride my bike over somewhere to go get what I want and I'll go back. You know, I just, of course, a lot of times yeah. I found a farmer's market out there to get stuff at, too. So, uh, getting it fresh from the field, basically, and it's not processed or anything. But then, uh, I mean, of course, a lot of people know I'm also a trainer, and some of my students have actually uh, learned a thing or two from me about healthy living out here. I'm not going to force that lifestyle of mine upon them, but if they want to learn something, then great. I'm willing to uh, share my knowledge about it, but, I mean, I'm not going to force them. I mean, I've had some students that pretty much live on fast food where I personally can. I mean, I see them walk out with a bag of food from McDonald's, and I'm going to start feeling nauseated when I first see it, and I just try to ignore it while I'm in a truck or whatever. I mean, they might go and get a, um, whatever that is, I'm out there blasting a smoothie in my blender or whatever, you know, they come back and try not to look at whatever the hell there is to eat. I mean, you know, 
me. I get disgusted well, when I let see me, that. Let me ask you: when when they see you eating healthy, um, and I mean, do they ever say to you, you know, hey, you know, um, how can I start this? Or, I mean, do they seem interested? Does it look like what you do is is making a difference, or or do they just go on their way and don't think twice about it? Yeah, it depends on the student and uh, what they want. I mean, a lot of the younger guys in their 20s, they just, uh, that I've trained, they pretty much live on fast food. But you get students that are a little bit older, you know, they tend to have uh, a little more health conscious. You know, they figure, well, this one in my life, I better start paying attention to my body and what it's doing and what it's not doing and try to live healthier. So they they do try to work on uh, on it, you know, for the most part. But a lot of the younger guys, they just, uh, it's at that point where they, and they're in their 20s, they're invincible, they don't care. Now I noticed that you have um, the independent truck stop site. Do you yes, feel that their their food is better? In a lot of ways, yes. And of course, uh, whenever you get to talk directly with the owner of a truck stop, and also the, whoever's managing their kitchen or restaurant, you can give them some input on what they uh, would like to uh, what you'd like to see on their menu as far as healthier foods. And then uh, if you go to like Boise Stage Top up in uh, Exit 71 and I 84 up in Idaho. They actually grow their own uh, fruits and vegetables in their own uh, green room up there at the truck stop. I mean, uh, year round, they actually have uh, a green room where they grow their own fruits and vegetables. And then, of course, I know they're very selective over they get a lot of their other uh, meats and things of that nature, too. And then, uh, of course, another thing I like about it, um, you got your choice, uh, choice of microbrews on tap, too. So if you want to wind down the evening, have a cold beer with your peel. Hell, yeah, that's a good way to do it, man, good way to wind down. I mean, uh, as long as you don't sit there and get hammered, which isn't exactly healthy to do either, but uh, it's just another option right. to have out there on the road. But, I mean, I – but there is some of those places that are doing a better job. I mean, uh, I got to give Love's credit where it's due. At least when you walk into the Love's, if you don't uh, manage to have any uh, fruit in your truck when you want it, at least they have some in baskets right there by where the fuel desk is, which is kind of a, a nice touch. At least they show an interest in trying to – provide for those of us that do want to try to live healthy out here, but I can't say that exactly for the rest of them. Right, right. Jeff, it's, if it's I can minimal. jump in real quick, another thing I like about Love's is their fruit and vegetable cups. You may have to look a little bit to find where they are because different stores have them in different locations. Yeah, I've seen I've seen those. I mean, some stores have them and some don't. It just depends on uh, how much demand there is at each location, I'm guessing. But, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen yeah, them. And, and most of them do, but they may, but, like, for example, some of them hide them in a really small cooler by the coffee area. Some of them is in the drink cooler. Some of them have an ice tub. You know, ask. They'll usually tell you where they are because most of them have at least something. Uh, some of the TAs and Petros do a better job uh, on the fruit as well. Uh, but one of the things from talking to some of the people at TA a lot of their locations is based on demand, and they have tried different healthy options over the years, and some with success that has kept around, and some where the drivers just didn't support it and have pulled out. So one thing is, even if it's a major corporate chain like TA, call and talk to them. They do want to hear driver feedback. Uh, I know when Linda Cathy and I did the cooking summit at Mass and Gats this year, TA sent corporate representatives to both of them. They sat down, they took notes, they listened. They talked to some of us later to get ideas, and they're looking into implementing some of the ones that came up during the session. Uh, 
the, but the big thing as we're talking to them is they need driver support. Some of these programs cost a moderate amount of quite a bit of money to roll out, whether it's the exercise rooms or whatever it is, and the drivers need to start utilizing. A lot of that equipment that you're talking about, I've actually went in there and seen it used a few times, and uh, I actually have to wipe the dust off of it before I ever use it. That tells you how uh, frequently it gets used and uh Mullen employer exactly. had uh, workout rooms at their facilities, and guess what? Uh, hardly any of that equipment ever got used. I mean, you're able to go buy brand new uh, used equipment that uh, very barely used equipment for next to nothing whenever they decide to sell off all that stuff. But then, uh, as far as the GA and Petro are concerned, uh, they do have that safe fit menu. Uh, they put a few items every now and then. But if drivers don't order that stuff, they're not going to keep it on the menu for very long. They ask you enough drivers. That's right willing to order it or else they're going to pull it off the menu. I remember the lasagna that TA used to have with their menu a long time ago wasn't too bad, but then they quit uh, carrying because hardly anybody ever ordered it. And it's gotten to the point now where I very seldom uh, ever eat at a TA or Petro or any uh, other chain restaurant. I mean, I sure as hell won't uh, darken the doorway of a Denny's ever again. You know, they uh, that's some of the worst stuff on earth right there. But then as far as... Uh, the independents, hell yeah, they always have. Most of them do have pretty good food on their menu and everything. You just have to know where to find it. Well, I tell you that's, what. That's true of almost any restaurant. It is, even Denny's. There's one or two things I'll order in Denny's. But, you know, I have to, let's say, you know, like for breakfast, I'll get the whole grain pancakes. I'll get the chicken chicken patty, uh, sausage, and, and that's typically and a couple of eggs. And, that, and I usually only maybe half the pancake. And that may, that's my breakfast, but I, I'm satisfied, I'm filled. But you have to sometimes ask questions, do you have a healthier option? And a lot of times you'll be surprised, even chain restaurants that you may not expect, if you ask them, they're willing to try to work to accommodate you, even if it's not something that's normally on the menu. Well, okay. that's true. I mean, but I mean, my, one of my biggest issues with Dave's is, uh, Especially the truck stop locations, the majority of them do not have very good service. And uh, when you are trying to manage your time out here on the road, that is something that's pretty important to me. And I, I will not disagree with you in that on the least, Jeff. Uh, as, as my mother would say, you preach it, and I'll turn the pages. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Well, well, he gonna... did, I didn't catch that last statement he said. I'm sorry. It, it, uh, as my mother would say, you, you preach it, and I'll turn the pages for you. Okay. <laughs> you're preaching. You're preaching to the choir. Pretty <laughs> much. Pretty much. Yeah, um, basically. But, okay. I'll, but, I, but before I go, I need just to uh, remind people. You know, if you, uh, you know, health is so important. If you don't take care of it now, you put, may not have a chance to later. I mean, uh, think about what kind of life you want when it comes time to retire. Do you want to actually be out there enjoying time with your family, or do you want to spend your last days in a nursing home, or do you want to leave the industry by choice? Instead, by circumstance, the choice is yours. You really have to think hard about uh, what you're doing now as to how it's going to impact your life later on. I mean, uh, I've been fighting a lifelong battle with diabetes myself, and thankfully I'm in good health now, but it uh, it didn't come easy to get there. I mean, and I hope that anybody else uh, that is not a diabetic won't ever end up becoming a diabetic due to the bad lifestyle choices. You know, of course, in my case, it was just something that uh, – that, you know, I was born with, you know, but, I mean, uh, other people have the force to catch it soon before it becomes a major problem. Right, and and that's what's going on. It's a process. So in your 20s, you start eating all this, and then 
you know, you continue on, then, you know, you're getting a little heavier in your 30s, and before you know it, now your sugar's getting high. I mean, it's a whole... It's a it's a whole process, and then I don't. We've even had shows of how it's leading into autoimmune diseases and things like that. That's on the rise, but you can listen to the replays on that. Jeff, I'm going to hold you open. Um, I have another caller. We still have to get into the FMCSA wellness program topic that I know a lot of people have tuned in to get into the discussion on that tonight. But um, I'm going to leave you open, Jeff. I'm going to answer area code. 908-908. Who do we have on the line tonight? Hi, Donna. Hi, Alan. Hi, everyone. This is Christy. Christy Hopper. Hey, Christy. Hi, How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How you guys doing? Good. Enjoying, okay. enjoying the show. <laughs> I am very much enjoying the show. I, I So many times I don't have a chance to listen to it because I eat, sleep, and drive. <laughs> One of the issues I see that makes it difficult for truckers to eat healthy is that their companies don't provide them with decent equipment, meaning a power inverter to run a microwave or a little refrigerator, which thankfully my truck has both. So I think I eat better out on the road than I do at home Uh because I am able to make food at home, keep it cold, heat it up. Uh, but I think, too, for me, I know weight gain has come on slowly over the years, especially when I went through the changes. And I eat three times a day. The only snacks I eat, if I eat a snack, will be some pretzel rods, maybe dipped in some peanut butter, and that'll be a little snack. Sometimes it's breakfast until I can hold me off until lunch. Uh a half-hour break, yeah, and when I take one, I generally just have something to eat that I've either cooked or I eat a little frozen entree like for Michelin or, or Lean Cuisine or something like that. So for me, losing weight, uh, but a lot of truckers, are they are forced to eat stuff that's quick, fast, inexpensive, and they don't have the tools in their trucks to keep good fresh food or or uh, to heat it up in the microwave. So without the tools, I, I feel for them. It's even more difficult to, to eat healthily. I eat pretty well, healthy, thing, though. Well, I'm, I'm not losing weight. <laughs> well, one thing about it, though, is the driver does have an option to uh, change employers because a lot of companies now are using uh, those uh, items like power inverters and refrigerators and uh, microwave ovens. They use those as retention tools. And uh, yes. the company does, yeah, matter of fact, my current employer is now uh, ordering all their trucks from Freightliner with power, 1,500-watt uh, power inverters in them. And uh, that 1,500-watt inverter allows to run um, a microwave, a blender, and if I wanted to put a hot plate in here, I could have that. And, uh, Fantastic, so, um, yeah. And the cool thing about it is, is um, you know, we don't have to stay with a company that doesn't care about our health. We can always change companies. I mean, there's very good-paying companies out there that do have well-equipped trucks. It depends on uh, how much the company really cares about their drivers more than anything. True. Maybe that's one of the reasons I've been with this company. I worked for it for two years. I don't know if I can say their name. <laughs> you can say their name. Um, yeah. I love them. I work at 11 on Tennessee, and the company I work for is Interstate Distributors. And uh, I have a, they provided me with a Kenworth T680, but they also have freight liners, and they all have refrigerators, power inverters, so you can 
put a little microwave or make your own coffee. And that's another thing I've been able to eat better and save money because I have the tools to do so. There but you go. That makes it different. very difficult. Yeah, I think I want to get a stepper sizer. They're small. They can put in the truck. Uh, and maybe try to do 10 or 15 minutes a day just doing this little stepper sizing. I don't well, feel comfortable well, just, walking. Mm-hmm. Even just get, even just getting out of the truck and walking around for uh, 15 to 20 minutes a day and just kind of gradually increasing the time that you walk, uh, just invest in a good pair of walking shoes, and that will make a lot of difference in itself. I mean, uh, I, I can't carry my bicycle in the truck when I have a student with me, so I've been doing a lot more um, running. And, I mean, I wouldn't expect everybody to go to the extreme that I did, but at least, uh, you know, I am trying to do what I can do. I control my health and everything, too. But, I mean, but there's other drivers I might see them walking around in a uh, truck stop, you know, doing laps or whatever, and I'll uh, I'll give them thumbs up and say, keep up good work, man, good job, you know, try to motivate them. Well, that's a problem. I don't, yeah, I'm not comfortable walking around truck stops when I've had two friends get killed in them. Some of these drivers yeah. are speeding through there because they've got an electronic lock and one minute left to get parked. So, okay, okay. Let me let me correct you on that. I'm on electronic logs myself. They they do not drive the truck. The driver drives that truck. If they don't uh, if they don't know when to uh, go off duty or go to sleep berth before they find a place to park, and they just use drive fast, that's their fault. I will correct you on that, but I mean, uh, I've been running e-logs now for about three years, but uh, yeah, they do try to use e-logs and use the drive pads in the truck stop. That is a problem. Right. Well, that's what you get into other subjects, Stephanie. Uh, a lack of uh, safe havens or truck stops are filling up quicker. Uh, and yeah. and that's you know what, Christy, that's going to be uh, another another Saturday night show. Uh, yes, the whole ma'am. Connect- the whole connection, you know, between yes. um, EOBRs, truck parking, uh, yep. health. I mean, yep. you know, we just want to bring it all together and 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 kind of have a have a show on the wages. I mean, everything's connected. Everything that you're it saying. Really, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I was going to say something. I forgot now because my mind is starting to spin when you get it up. <laughs> talking yeah. about lack of parking and EOB. And there's no such thing as trip planning because we are at the mercy of everything out here anymore. We can we can try to trip plan, but <laughs> anything can throw off the whole day being hung up somewhere, a wreck on the road, you know, road construction. Uh, it's just too many things. We're like flotsam and jetsam in the sea of life. Well, part of, well of part of trip planning <laughs> is actually planning, giving yourself a little bit of flexibility in your day to where you can uh, – Accommodate slight delays and stuff like that. As a trainer, I teach my students about that all the time. That uh-huh. way they can, uh, that way they can still work uh, through whatever it is that's holding them up. I mean, because there's, there's so many things that can happen. If a major action takes place and shuts down the interstate, all you can do at that point is uh, call and contact your company, let them know what's going on, that you're unable to move, and the blow may be late. I mean, uh, exactly. because the customer, the customer still want that load and all that, but I mean. Uh, you know, you can still uh, trip plan. As a matter of fact, I teach my students how to do it the old school way. We don't have a GPS in the truck, and I will not allow one. We do everything by uh, map reading and uh, riding down directions to our customers and doing it the old school way. So that's uh, part right. of the trip plan that we do. And we uh, also uh, have a lot of yeah, a certain number of data to contact the miles. Alan does, that, likes that better, too. So, um, uh, listen, we're going to take a break. And uh, hold on. I just did something to the switchboard. Um, now, I, uh, Tom, are you there? Yes, I am, Donna. 
Uh, I know we were going to do cookware next, but, you know, uh, I really want to get into I think we need to skip it. I was thinking that, too. <laughs> yeah, because we've got to get into this uh, FMCSA, uh, the um, wellness program and the meeting they had on September 21st uh, and the article. I'm going to go on a break right now. We're going to have a little commercial break. And uh, if if you're on the Internet and you want to go to uh, askthetrucker.com and get a little heads up on the article about this uh, FMCSA introduced this driver wellness, uh, by all means do so. If not, it's okay. We're going to review it because this has caused a lot of controversy. I'm going to leave everybody's mic open, and uh, we'll be right back. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. Okay, everybody, we are back, and I think this is the topic uh, a lot of people are waiting for. Um, it is the recent uh, FMCXA. Uh, they extended a new initiative to provide wellness programs to the CM, the driver. Uh, so we asked, what's this all about? Uh, the FMCSA, a regulatory agency, is talking about wellness for truckers. Uh, should drivers be worried? Why is FMCSA doing this? Is it an attempt by the federal government to tell drivers what to do with their bodies? Uh, are they going to regulate exercise, smoking, weight? Or is it something that they sincerely want to help drivers with? These are some of the questions drivers are asking about the FMCSA's new initiative to provide uh, wellness programs, um, and they are in a, a private and public partnership. So um, the questions arise from an announcement, and the meeting was uh, between the Motor Carrier Safety Advisory Committee, which is MICSAC, and the Medical Review Board, called MRB. Both groups are advisory committees that provide recommendations to FMCSA, 
regarding specific questions, ideas, or concerns about the commercial motor vehicle uh, operation. Uh, As I mentioned before we went on break, Elaine Papp, who is the founder of the healthandsafetyworks.net, and she is also the former division chief of the Officer of Medical Programs at FMCSA, she did attend this meeting, and she actually wrote the article this week for On Ask the Trucker, which summarized what the meeting was about, and she discusses in the article what she thinks were the motives behind the new wellness initiative. Ms. Papp was also in on our last health show prior to the meeting, um, and she discussed at that point what she thought it would be, and um, I know she wanted to be on the show tonight. Um, I talked to her, and she had a commitment, a family commitment this weekend, but I'm sure she'll be on uh, future shows when we discuss these uh, health issues. So the article post on Ask the Trucker had very mixed opinions and comments. Uh, You can read those also. And some are welcoming the FMCSA, but most are feeling that this is just another way for them to get involved with drivers' lives and possibly initiate more regulation. So there is a lot of uh, people who are cynical about this. uh, And then, again, there's people who are welcoming it. So uh, we want to get your thoughts on this tonight. Um, If you're listening, give us a call. If you're listening on the Internet, call 347-826-826. 9170. That's 347-826-9170. And then you have to press 1 on your keypad to let us know that you want to be a part of the show. Uh, I just want to say um, that uh, Elaine did write and say that a few of the statistics that they brought up during this meeting uh, show a high percentage of drivers had adverse health risk factors. And you've heard these, you know, many times. Um, let's see, uh, 86% are overweight. Hold on, i got to get to my other page. 86% are overweight. 69% are obese, and that's twice that of the U.S. population. 8% exercise regularly compared to 21% of the population. 51% of drivers smoke compared to um, 17.8% of the population. And they are considered less healthy than the average person. And many have uh, at least two risk risk factors for heart disease. And we all know that the... um, I mean, this was, that's what was discussed in the meeting. I'm just saying now we all know that diabetes is really on the rise, and that's for the entire population, uh, but that includes professional drivers also. And uh, Elaine sums it up in her article, and I really hope everybody goes to that article and, and, and reads it and realizes what was being discussed. Um, She says, much of what is happening in driver wellness is a shotgun approach with little coordination. Many of the driver's wellness programs offer what they think the driver needs, and they don't measure to determine what helps and what works and what doesn't work. So the FMCSA is trying to bring some coordination, and this is her, her summary, is trying to bring some coordination and continuity 
to driver wellness programs, working with non-governmental organizations in private industry. So I'm reading they are trying to bring the continuity. Well, you know, we'll have to see what comes with that. I do have, um, let's see, is he still here or she? I don't know who it is. Uh, One more caller. I want to bring them on the line. And then we're going to start this discussion, uh, all of us, of what we think, uh, if this is going to be good for drivers or should drivers just be on their own. I know uh, uh, Tom and I have spoken about it, but um, area code 630, area code 630, you're on on the air. Hey, Hey, Bob, how are you? And again, um, I'd like to say give FMCSA the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what the actual recommendations are, but let's get involved with this and give them some realistic input. Uh, right. Things that were actually discussed in the show about you know uh, inverter sizes and not being able to install good refrigerators and microwaves are the kinds of things they need to hear about. I've seen too many health and wellness initiatives over the years that didn't involve actual drivers in the development that turned out to be useless. So let's get involved in this one. Absolutely. And there was a, um, there was a, a public uh, comment section. I don't know if you were able to listen to the last show we had with Elaine Papp. Uh, and we discussed this uh, meeting on the 21st and 22nd, and they they only gave like 10 days to file a comment uh, up on that public comment, which which we thought was pretty, I don't know, pretty ridiculous that there was such a short win- window to comment. Um, Alan did comment. Actually, we both we we both created that comment together, and and we posted it right on the deadline. Uh, before it was due, uh, so it did make it on there. But I, I think a lot of the problem with this was there there wasn't a lot of publicity to get people to comment, and it's going to have to be up to us. And um, I did announce on that show, you know, we thank you. We didn't even know about it uh, until you sent the email to everybody. And, and then well, we, we did... Go ahead. It's just part of keeping an eye on this stuff. And again, yeah. we've got to watch things like one of the presenters was a, a Dr. Morris from All One Medical. And they're a, they're a for-profit company that develops corporate health and wellness programs. But he also happens to be a sitting member of the Medical Review Board. So is this initiative just a process to generate some contracts for this company? So we want to make sure that companies that have actual experience developing health and wellness programs for drivers get involved with this. Well, I know a lot of people are worried that, well, they just want to, you know, get involved. They want to have more regulations. And um, if they really cared about, I mean, if you read some of the comments, and I don't know if any uh, of our listeners did, but if you read some of the comments on the blog post um, about the, the summary of the meeting that went on in September, uh, they're saying if they really care about health, then they're going to uh, look at the, you know, um, the hours of service and and how it, you know, doesn't promote g- 
good help. They talked about the truck parking. And these are some of the comments, really, that need to go on the uh, public comment section uh, of the FMCSA uh, website when they're open. Because, okay. I mean, they're they're valid they're valid comments, and and it almost it's almost identical to the comments that Alan posted on the website. Uh, you know, it gave a complete style lifestyle of the driver, and that before they can look into any kind of wellness program, they have to totally understand the challenges and the lifestyle while you're on the road, uh, or else, then, you know, you know? One of the things that's nice about the FMCSA comment process is that you can look at anybody's comments that were posted there, and there were only a couple. But many of the things that you're talking about were in my comments that I submitted on this one, too. And they also mirror comments that were submitted during the hours of service uh, comment period. So, again, well, you, people need to get involved with this. Well, I just want to say, okay, talking about the that you can read everybody's comments, um, I'm going to tell you, I, it was very confusing to read everybody's comments. Uh, I tried to read other comments, and when I clicked on read the comments, it took me back to comments all the way, you know, from uh, a year or two ago. So the the register isn't all that, you know, user-friendly. Again, I found your comments without any problems, and it was able to read them. So that's, yeah, again, it's just, a, you know, having to, to be familiar with using that site. But... Again, the big thing is, is posting comments on a blog versus taking the time to take those same comments and submit them to FMCSA. If you don't exactly. submit them to FMCSA, they never get a chance to see it. And that's why, hey, you know, Donna, go ahead, Tom. Yes. This is Tom. If I can jump in here, I, I, I've got a couple of things. One, as Elaine Papp pointed out, this comment period was extremely unusual and how it was handled. Uh, and she, I know herself and some others who wanted to comment didn't because they didn't feel there was enough time to do it. I, I found out about five hours before the comment window closed about, about it, so I didn't get a chance to comment myself. But what she suggested is you can actually uh, email, and there's a name on there whose name I can't remember right now, uh, email him your, your comments or a letter saying, you know, I understand the comment window is closed, but here's my concerns, and point it out that way. So even though the comment, official comment window is closed, there are still ways you can make your voice heard, number one. Uh, number two, I have a slightly different viewpoint on this because I find it incredibly interesting that they announced this meeting almost exactly one week after GATS was over, and pretty much everybody who attended GATS, whether it was the show organizers, vendors, media, various other people, felt that one of the highlights and key points of the show was the Driver Health and Wellness Pavilion, which was a joint partnership among drivers, uh, myself and the TSG Trucking Solutions Group, Randall Riley, and various other local community health agencies, uh, various businesses, and pretty much everybody agree that this was a success uh, and it's something that they would like to see modeled at other uh, other truck shows and 
to me, it just seems like something that I've been advocating for the last year. Drivers, we keep complaining we don't like the regulations. Well, we need to start taking control of it. You know, we say we don't like the hours of service. We can argue all day why they came into place because there was some bad accidents, you know, from a few people who ran stupidly. But if we look at driver health, that's something that we can control because it, ultimately it's our health. So we can give feedback to the companies about making, putting safe walking areas at truck stops, uh, getting to one of Christie's comments. Uh, rest areas often will have safe walking areas. There's some truck stops now that have uh, bike trails and walking trails near, nearby that are safe. Uh, if you work for a company or cannot put an inverter in your truck for some reason, there's some 12-volt appliance options for cooking. Are these perfect solutions? No. But these are solutions that, as an industry, we can kind of work together on our own to develop and put together these programs. And to be perfectly honest, um, I think we can lead the way not just for the industry but for the nation to get healthy because if a truck driver can get healthy with our restrictive lifestyles and challenges and everything else, whatever, what's everyone else's excuse? You know, we don't have access to all this simple equipment. So I kind of look at it that some of these agencies are looking at this going, oh, wow, they did this without our help, without our input, without our fill-in-the-blank. We need to get involved to justify our existence, for lack of a better term. And I'm not saying that I'm against them participating, but what I'm saying is us as drivers need to, one, like Bob said, comment, get involved in the process, you know, write letters, write the comments, all of that stuff, number one. Number two, um, we also need to be very involved in terms of working with the industry, approaching whether it's TA Petro or Road Pro or manufacturers of different products and say, we as drivers would like to see this or we appreciate your sponsorship of this event. We'd like you to see you do more. Um, and, and start, you know, talking up these fitness rooms. You know, go in there and use them so they don't get so dusty from lack of use. These are things we as drivers need to start doing and start leading the way instead of waiting for somebody to come up with a quote-unquote great idea or get to the point of saying, you know what, driver, we're going to strap a Fitbit onto your ankle and, and, and rivet it on, and we want to see 10,000 steps a day for you. Now, do I think that's really going to happen? No. But the point is, if we don't want to see regulations, because if we look at every regulation that's been passed in this industry as drivers, we don't like it because, in all honesty, they're not well thought out, at least from a driver's perspective. So if we want to avoid this whole excuse, we need to get off and become active and lead the way ourselves. And this has been done. And to be perfectly honest, I think some of these committees are looking at it and saying, oh, wait, the drivers are getting a jump on us. We need to play catch-up. And you well, know, yeah. I, I welcome them joining the thing. But, you know, what my hope is that they don't try to take over this groundswell of driver support. Well, um, I think I think Gats really the health and wellness pavilion really did. It was a huge success. Um, I mean, it could have been twice the size that it was because it, by the time um, Friday rolled around, those it was packed in that area. So it was, it was a huge success, and there were companies who jumped on board. And and saw it took the initiative to become part of driver wellness. So I, I think they also saw that it, it just wasn't 
a bunch of, you know, drivers getting together. I mean, it, this was where companies said, listen, we want to help. This is what we're going to offer. Bob, were you yeah, able we, we had to, everything from health oh. service providers to hospitals to driver-run things. So it really was a whole network of people that put this together. And, and, and everybody else is seeing it. So, I mean, I think it's very wise for the FMCSA to acknowledge this. Uh, but along with that, as long as they're going to – and this is my opinion – as long as they're going to acknowledge health, they also have to acknowledge the regulations <coughs> Excuse me, that really hinder health. So, Bob, were you able to go to GATS? No, I had another commitment. I was speaking in Dallas. Okay. All right. I, I didn't know because um, I didn't see you there, and but that didn't mean anything because there were so many people. There's a lot of people I missed uh, while I was out there. But it, it was quite an experience. Did you get to hear feedback from people you know about it? Was there a lot of uh, positive feedback about the health pavilion? Yes, I heard quite a lot of very good feedback. Okay. And um, I, I, you know, I forgot who area code nine zero eight is. Um, your line's open. Is this Christy? Yes, ma'am. It is. Were you at Gats? No, I didn't make it to the Greater. Is it the Great American? I made yes. it to mid. The M I M. I made it to Max, but not Gats. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just curious because I didn't see you there I w- either. Oh, I would have loved to have met you guys. Yes. Yeah, it would have been nice. Maybe next year. But- Okay. Yeah, yeah, or Matt's, um, if we go to Matt's, which we're kind of talking about, but, you know, you, you can't say it's it's too far away. But anyway, right. getting back to the FMCSA, I think the comments on the blog are very valid, though, when they bring up um, the fact that there are obstacles that FMCSA doesn't realize drivers face. And I'm I'm going I'm reading Pat's right now. I don't want to. I mean, it's a pretty long comment, and uh, I don't want to. I'm just trying to skim through it here. Um, well, again, he talks about the the clock, and what what do you do? There's burnt light bulbs, and the health of the driver, safety, uh, safety, constant safety. And yet, no consideration of the lifestyle. It's pretty much the the same thing. So hopefully they're going to take all this into consideration. Um, What was your comment to them, Bob? My comments are three pages long, and it covers a lot of what you've already talked about. Okay. So good. And, And that's good. If people... You know, the people if the people are saying the same thing, reputable reputable people in the industry, and they're they're just saying it over and over again. Um, you know, you you got to listen. So uh, this could be a good thing, but I, to me, the number one thing is as soon as uh, these public comment periods are open, if they're not going to put it out on social media so that all the drivers can see it, I think it's up to all of us. And all of us, meaning everybody who's listening, and there's a ton of listeners tonight, and I know we get a bunch in the archives. So everybody who's listening, if you see a comment section, we need to all share it uh, and not leave it up to the the government to to make sure that we see it. Um, Is that agreed, everybody who's listening here with their lines open? Absolutely. 
Okay, so we all have to to be on board with this together. Um, so I guess hey Donna, I guess yes. I just throw out another resource that's available during the hours of service comment period. Truckers for a Cause did an educational conference call with John Hill, who was the administrator of the FMCSA, and Joe Rockovitz from OIDA on how to prepare and submit comments to FMCSA. It was basically designed to help. Hey, uh, Bob, we have it right on truckingsocialmedia.com on the resource page. There's two videos right on top on how to submit comments to FMCSA. And there's another one. It will be an audio one by, by John Hill and Joe. On, on how to prepare them, and it's not all that hard. So it's just you can use information that's already out there. Submitting comments is just a matter of not much different than typing it out for the blog. It really isn't. It's a link. It says submit a comment. You click on it, and there you go. That's pretty much it. What? My computer started talking, and I didn't want to do it. Oh, I apologize, okay. Donna. <laughs> That's okay. I was I trying to pull. I, I just got parked a few minutes ago. I was trying to pull up a couple of links, and all of a sudden, my computer just took on a mind of its own and, and started commenting. So, yeah. Well, I think um, I don't see any hands up. Uh, everybody who's here listening, um, if you want to say something, you have to press one on your keypad. And if you're listening uh, on your on your uh, computer, you have to dial in three four seven eight two six nine one seven zero, and then again you have to click one on your keypad and it raises your hand. So um, I, we just have, I guess, a lot of listeners tonight, which is fine, which is great. Um, we did have a good amount of callers in tonight. Anyway, now does anybody want to add to this FMCSA uh, discussion or? Should we move on? Maybe we can get a few minutes into the uh, toxic cookware. But I wanted to make sure we got to this because this seemed to be the hot topic on uh, on Facebook and on the blog. Any addition? I think just the big thing is, and I think it kind of sums up everything that everyone has said on this, is drivers so far seem to have set the tone on health as well as there's a few reputable companies out there, uh, both providing services to major trucking companies and trucking companies that are doing their own health programs. But at the end of the day, a lot of this does seem to be driven and pushed by drivers now. So we've got the momentum, and we need to keep it up because, in my opinion, if we as drivers want to start seeing less regulation, we want to need to have to start taking more responsibility and police our own industry and this is a way to prove that we can do that, taking control of our health and the industry's health and saying, hey, you know, we can fix this. We know the best way to do it because we live, live the lifestyle and we know better than your experts. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't want help from your experts. It doesn't mean we don't want to talk to your experts. But, you know, it's the difference between teaching it in a, in a college classroom and living it as a reality as a business owner. You know, you hear about this all the time as, you know, political arenas. Well, this the difference is we live this lifestyle and pretty much know what works and doesn't work, but that doesn't mean we're not open to ideas and suggestions and, and to learn. So I, I think as drivers we need to get out there. We need to encourage our fellow drivers to do this. We need to talk to the various companies that provide services 
thank them for what they're doing right, give them suggestions on how to improve, and we need to, you know, send regular emails to the FMCSA department saying, hey, this is what's working in the industry. I know it may not be a comment period right now, but, hey, I want you to know that there's something that's really working and bring it to your attention, and I think it's too important to wait for the next comment period. Here's some information I think you really need to be aware of, and I think if we start doing that, we may be surprised at, at how well this is received and how fast we can get this health movement to grow. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Listen, I'm going to take another caller, area code uh, 512. Area code 512. Yes, hello. hello? This is Pat Hockaday. Hey, Pat. Hello. Wait, yeah, your, Pat, ears yeah. must have been, your ears must have been burning because I was talking about you. I thought I pressed one earlier. I didn't realize I wasn't in the queue. Um, oh, okay. That's okay. I think okay. it's alarming to me, and, I, and I'm going to agree a lot with what Tom's saying. Uh, what's alarming to me, we we say, oh, the companies, they need to provide us more. The companies need to be more concerned about. That costs money. Do we want the companies to spend resources on us, or they, we want them, the companies to pay us so we can take care of ourselves. Um, the FMCSA, they're not the Department of Labor. Uh, they're not the, the, the Department of Health. They're in place to provide safety on the highways. If they think problem with driver's health, maybe they need to get the Department of Health involved in this. Or... I'm not spending my my tax dollar for them. You see what I'm saying? I hope you see what I I'm do. saying. I, I, it's, well, it's, here, just, it's overwhelming to me that we're, they they ask for fifty four million dollars more in their budget, and this is what they're spending it on. You and well, Alan here, have done a wonderful job with the trucking social media, and I'm kind of stupid about all this internet stuff. I'm trying to learn more about it. Isn't it up to us? We, the drivers, it's our community. We live and work together. Can't we help one another? Why exactly. do we not expect the, co- the companies to do it for us, or even worse, the government to do it for us? Well, I mean, and I think Tom brought that up before, and that's why it's so important to have all these uh, blog and social media groups of encouragement, of sharing uh, education. These shows like this, that's why we took the initiative to do an extra show on health every week. Uh, But I want everybody to listen to this, and this put up a red flag to me, and I want to see if it puts up the same red flag to everybody listening, and I'll, I'll watch for anybody else's hands go up on this switchboard. But this was in Elaine's uh, article, okay? So the agency is also looking at ways to get more data about what drivers need, and they reported on a study of driver health conducted by the National Institute of Occupational uh, Safety and Health, NIOSH. But as one member of the MRB, that's the Medical Review Board, that was part of that September 21st meeting at the FMCSA, here it goes, quote, we need more biometric data, okay, especially to measure the program's success. So the agency is looking 
to private organizations who can gather data. Okay, and now this is a key word, anonymously, and report on any changes that recur over time. So when I saw that about collecting data, I thought, wow, this is going to be an area that drivers are going to be very, very careful about. Now, it did say anonymously. And I know a lot of people who, even though something is supposed to be anonymous, will be very reluctant to offer any of this personal data. Uh, Because what they're saying is, well, listen, how do we know what's working? We don't have any data. How do we know if a blood sugar a blood sugar level is lowering because of how you know how they're eating or their if their blood pressure and I'm reading this now uh does their blood pressure improve if the driver exercises more do they lose weight what is most effective in aiding weight loss and I totally agree you know being in research for many years I totally agree with collecting data but being part of a government agency and offering that data does um does that raise a red flag to and anybody else listening yeah Don, if I can kind of jump in on this uh, yeah in my opinion, and this is from talking to people who do these data collections uh Cindy Nair from the Center of Health Engagement among others. The data in a lot of ways doesn't do a lot of good in one sense because it's HIPAA compliant, which means any identifying information has been stripped, person's name, address, social security number, anything to identify them as an individual stripped out. It's basically male or female, age, you know, your basic statistics, height, weight, that type of information, blood pressure and things like that. But this information can be used to say, are these programs working? Or is there an underserved need that everybody's overlooking? I have mixed feelings about it because on one side, I want my data to be private. You know, it's nobody else's business. But on another side, I'm looking at it from the aspect of, okay, if we want to have programs that are actually effective, we've got to have some information someplace. So if if the data is properly collected where it truly is anonymous, everything is, is fully HIPAA compliant and things like that, we really don't have to worry too much about the privacy aspects. Uh, that is if everybody's doing their job of correctly uh, accumulating the data and stripping out the personal information. Um, just like anything, though, mistakes can happen. So is there a chance that some information could get out that maybe shouldn't? Yes, but but realistically, that's not likely because a lot of this information is already collected on a lot of other occupations. And then picking up on something that Pat said, though, as far as employers go, I agree they need to pay us more. But if you look at a lot of other industries or even some of the companies out there that pay quite well, they also also offer some really great health programs and health incentives because these companies realize if they get the drivers healthier, the driver is going to be a lower medical cost, which means the insurance companies' are, premiums are going to go down because there's not as much being paid out on health insurance, which means the company is going to make number. It's, a, it's kind of a win for everybody because you have to start looking at the drivers as an investment. That doesn't mean you pay the drivers yeah. less. You pay them what they need to be paid, but you also start treating them like people and as an asset, you know, 
some of these companies spend more money maintaining their trucks than they do their drivers. If we have an industry average of roughly three and a half years as the average retention age or experience, stop and think what that means. We've got drivers on this phone that I, I know I'm 10 years. I'm sure we have drivers with 20 and more years on this phone. I think Ron's over 30 years of experience. So if we've got drivers on these calls that have this much experience, and the average experience in the industry is three and a half years, that tells us something's wrong on retention. And obviously, pay's part of it. But when you listen to some of these drivers, they're coming from union jobs or other jobs where they have all these fringe benefits, like really great health care or health incentive programs or this and that, and they're complaining that they don't have these. So I think it's all, it's not just one thing. It's a whole package that we're looking and I think the companies have to start realizing drivers are their most important asset, and they need to stop looking at them as expendable and realize that, hey, these are just like your trucks. If you maintain them, they'll go for millions and millions of miles if you treat them right. And if you don't, well, guess what? You're going to have to replace them every two or three years. Okay. Well, well, well everything we've got a... saying. Okay. Go ahead, uh, Pat. Um, I'm going to let you get the last word because we're winding down. And I, I okay. you right. know. I was just going to say, I like everything Tom is saying. He's right. Drivers should be an investment. But today they're not an investment. They're a throwaway. Uh, and then they offer these gimmicks. Oh, look at, our, look, at, look at our gymnasium we have at the main terminal. What drivers at the main terminal every day could use the gymnasium? The gymnasium at the main terminal is for the CEO and, and, and the upper enchilada within the company. All these gimmicks is what upsets me. I need to earn a decent living so I can support my family. If I'm not able to, I will starve myself to death. I will go without so that my family has what they need. You see what I'm saying? It yes, has and to start with money. It has to start with pay. Once you show the driver the respect of paying them properly, then you can maintain the driver because that driver that you are respecting is making you more money that allows you to maintain the driver. You can't have one without the other. Thank you very much. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and, hey, hey, Pat, I just want to thank you for posting that video that you took of Jerry Fritz talking about the – relationship of uh, truck driver health and the wages. Uh, we did get it up on trucking social media after you posted yeah. it up on YouTube. So um, we really appreciate you. Hey, that was great. You did a great job, and it's getting a lot of views. And anybody who's listening, if you want to hear the correlation between truck driver health and the wages, uh, go to trucking social media and click on the Jerry Fritz video. 20 minutes. It's his um, most of his presentation at GATS during the uh, Health and Wellness Pavilion uh, presentation. So, tremendous uh, presentation he gave, I, I, and I appreciate you doing that, Pat. Uh, I'm anyway, here to help I, the industry all I can. Oh, I know, and, and I'll tell you, we have a group, good group of callers and a good group of listeners on here tonight. Um Let's see, I've got oh, I've only got a few minutes left. I wanna thank everybody. Um I wanna thank Tom. Uh appreciate it so much for helping me with the uh co host the show tonight. 
Um, as always, you did a tremendous job. I want to thank all our callers. I don't want to start naming all your names because God knows I'm going to forget one. So I thank everybody for calling in tonight and be a part of the show. Sorry we didn't get to the toxic cooking. Um, you know, I'll try to put a link up uh, on uh, on the show link on the page just to so people can read on their own of some of the things we were going to get over to, but... In the meantime, I do appreciate everybody uh, being on here tonight. So um, anyway, I, we're going to close. We're going to have a – let's see. I'll, I'll surprise you with the song tonight. So um, thanks hey, again, Donna, everybody. If I yes. finish up one more thing real quick, I just remembered something I promised everybody. The other two vitamin companies or resources to look for is drmercola.com and puretyproducts.com. Uh, those are also very reputable suppliers as well. And you can always check at your local health food store and see what they recommend as well. Okay. Yeah, I wish Carolyn O'Byrne of uh, LifeCoachService.net was on because she had a really good one. And I didn't write it down. I should have announced it. But she's got a really good one too. Um, I'll find out from her and I'll put it on this show page for tonight. But... Um, Okay, everybody. Well, thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll be announcing the next uh, show shortly on Ask the Trucker Live. You've been listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening.
Lincoln family We haul that freight on a concrete sea I'm in the trucking family I can handle anything that you throw at me yeah. I'm in the trucking family We haul that freight on a concrete sea I'm in the trucking family I can handle anything that you throw at me What the 